0: what is going on everybody we had an incredible week of college football some amazing games a lot of stakes are on the table for teams teams are going to fall into new places and we're anticipating the very first college football playoff rankings of the season where are team's going to be let's get into it And hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts and five, the national championship Damn, got him, got him. put it on the ball for uh, and Lewis got it on the flexion. Lewis he's score it's picked off breaks free they won't catch him i don't believe fires to the end zone touchdown yeah! he's going for the corner he's got it there goes davis oh my god davis it's called it's called it's called oh is that a good game or what What's going on everybody? Well, as I'm sure you're all aware, what an awesome weekend. An awesome weekend of games. Where do I even start? <laughs> Michigan Michigan State was awesome. And it wasn't even one of those weeks where in the high state games, right? A lot of these like mid-tier conference matchups between like 5 and 3, 6 and 2 teams were incredible. I don't know if anyone stayed up to watch Virginia BYU but that game was crazy, and gosh, if you had the over in that game, congratulations, but we had that game, Penn State, Ohio State, had a feeling it'd be a good game, Clemson and Florida State, both those programs aren't at a super high level right now, but it was nice to see that game be close again, even if it's because both teams aren't that great, it just feels right, (laughs) and that game was a heartbreaker for Florida State, but We also had Texas-Baylor. Remember remember what I said if you listen to my Thursday-Friday show? I said the Texas-Baylor game and the Wisconsin-Iowa game are very similar, right? You have Wisconsin and Texas are kind of the same team. Already have three losses. Technically still have a lot out there to play for. And playing another team in the conference, Iowa, right, was a a one-loss team. And Baylor, a one-loss team. Well, I said one of those two teams will probably win. The other one will lose. Well, it ended up being that Baylor beat Texas. Texas falls to 4-4. and Got to be worried if you're a Texas fan right now. I know it's year one. I'm not one of these sarks already on the hot seat, guys. I think that's ridiculous. But I understand you thought you were better than you were. And it looks like this is that same, you know, Charlie Strong, Tom Herman, Texas team. Can Texas break this what is going on with them baylor advances baylor gets to a point where everything is out in front of them i'm talking big 12 championship contention new year's six bowl college football playoff is all in front of them contrast that to the iowa wisconsin game where wisconsin beats iowa Iowa has lost pretty much all hope of making a college football playoff, and now they're in jeopardy to not even win the division with this head-to-head loss to Wisconsin. Remember, Wisconsin only has two conference losses, so now they have a tiebreaker over Iowa. They went out. They beat Minnesota. They're going to the Big Ten Championship, which is a great rally for a Wisconsin team that's had a hard schedule and you know played some good teams. The loss is coming to Penn State week one. Notre Dame who's a pretty good team and they also lost to Michigan and that was the only loss that they really didn't look that good in but you knew they were going to get somebody they're a team that's going to get somebody and they got Iowa and they got Iowa by basically being a better version of Iowa right both these teams run it down your throat poor quarterback play no explosive passing game for either of these teams Um, and you know defense try to force turnovers play the field position game. That's been Iowa's thing. And Iowa was so good at that early in the season. And Wisconsin is the one that did that in this game. Wisconsin forced turnovers. They got muffed punts. They created short fields. They out iowa Iowa. And they won the game. And now they're in a position where, hey, yeah, you got the three losses, but you could go win the Big Ten here. You could go to a Rose Bowl, right? And it would be very Wisconsin-esque if they were able to pull that off. Wisconsin's just one of those teams and programs that just never goes away so that game was exciting Ole Miss and Auburn was super super interesting like Auburn defense stepped up other than Alabama nobody has played this Ole Miss offense as well as you know Auburn did they got Matt Corral out of the game for a little bit he comes back in but he looked pretty healthy in all the plays he was in even after the injury and Definitely, other than the Alabama game, this was the most flustered he looked. Auburn defense did a great job. And the Auburn offense keeps getting a little bit better every week, it seems, right? And that, you go back to that Penn State game, they look pretty lethargic. What was the, I think it was Georgia State where Bo Nix gets pulled. And you're thinking, well, Auburn's barely beaten this Georgia State team. They're not any good. And they just keep getting better and better and better. And they've got a tough... Stretch coming up, they still have to play Texas A&M and Alabama, and it's hard to see them going 2-0 in those two games. But I definitely think they can get one of those games for sure. And they're in position to win the SEC West and win the SEC Championship because of that. With the two losses, they don't control their own destiny as far as the playoff. I wouldn't think they would need help to get in with the two losses, but anything can happen in college football down the stretch. Right? Pac-12's got one team left, that's Oregon, they could lose before the Pac-12 championship or in the Pac-12 championship, which would eliminate them. The Big 12 can eat, it's- eat itself, Big 10, we see all these teams, like Michigan, Michigan State, the one thing I took from that game is that I actually was more impressed with both teams than I was before the season, I mean, or sorry, before the game. The main thing is I wanted to learn about these two teams, and Michigan can throw the ball around. So I actually think that Michigan and Michigan State are both in better, I guess, chances. They both have a better chance to beat Ohio State than I thought they did prior to this game. And a lot of that, too, is like, I mean, if you watch the Ohio State game, Ohio State struggled a little bit. I mean... I think Penn State's good. That, that loss to Illinois is not who I think Penn State is ultimately. I mean, that happened. you got to be, be held responsible for that. But Penn State's a pretty good team. they got a really good defense. They held Ohio State in check. Ohio State could not run the ball very well. And Penn State offensively, while they're still kind of lethargic and Clifford just isn't hitting open guys sometimes and making mistakes they had a great game plan right a great scripted first drive they score that game was was pretty close and honestly if penn state just had slightly better quarterback play and somebody who could recognize open guys a little better i actually think penn state wins that game by a touchdown or two so To me, the Big Ten is still wide open. Like, I'm not convinced. I think a lot of people are convinced Ohio State's still far and away the best Big Ten team, maybe the second best team in the country. A lot of people have Ohio State top four in their their rankings. I'm not so convinced. Like, maybe I would bet Ohio State to beat Michigan, Michigan State, but those two games are are toss-ups to me, and it's going to be interesting. And Penn State can still make noise. Penn State still has to play Michigan, Michigan State. So... You have scenarios, Iowa with the two losses, Wisconsin with the three losses on the other side. You do have potential scenarios where the Big Ten could eat itself up. And in that case, maybe a two-loss SEC champion, could be Auburn, could be Texas A&M, finds themselves making the college football playoff. We We don't know. But it's crazy to see how many teams are still alive. The Miami and Pitt game was really exciting. Now, Pitt falling to two losses... They are probably out of college football playoff contention, especially with. I mean, these are both, if you think about it, bad losses. Western Michigan, very inexcusable. Like, you're not going to get much grace for that one. And then you lose to a Miami team that was, what, two and four or three and four coming into the game. Like, best case scenario, Miami could finish seven and five. So, two bad losses. You're probably out of it. But Pitt is still alive for the division and the conference which would be huge for a program like that. You know, Pitt, if I'm Pitt, I'm still trying to rally the troops, finish 10 and 2, win the ACC championship, go to a New Year's Six game, something they haven't done in a long time. So still a lot to play for, but definitely the ACC is in trouble with playoff Wake Forest is the only team left and they finally got a little bit of recognition in the AP poll, but I mean, it's just hard to see Wake Forest finishing out the season with one loss or less. And I'm still, I mean, I'm a believer that an undefeated Wake Forest ACC champ is a lock for the playoff 9 out of 10 times, just depending on what else is going on. But I think even a one-loss ACC champion Wake Forest team that's 12-1 and one maybe beats a ranked pit team in the conference championship. I mean, that team would have to get consideration as well. So a lot of interesting things at stake and of course i could go on about the games now some of the games that weren't as close but were interesting to see how these teams were looking like oklahoma texas tech texas tech was a five and three team five and three teams at this point in the season are they're they're decent right they're they're above average they have winning records and is the type of team that like okay are they going to get through the season undefeated? Because if you get through the season undefeated, you you hammer these teams. If you're going to give up a loss, then this is the week I thought, well, maybe Texas Tech is a team that can give Oklahoma some trouble. But it wasn't. Oklahoma, Oklahoma looked really good. Caleb Williams looked really good. Spencer Rattler even got in the game through a big touchdown pass. So Oklahoma seems to be getting better and better. They're still undefeated. They have everything out in front of them, obviously, in the Big 12 and – They're the favorite, I would think, in that conference. They dominate. Another game that wasn't that close was Florida-Georgia. You kind of felt like this was Georgia's last sort of test, the last decent team they are going to play before the conference championship, but they lock up the division because of that, and also because Kentucky lost to Mississippi State. And what's interesting about that is Mississippi State is probably the bottom of the SEC West. I mean, someone has to finish last in every division, right? And Mississippi State's a good team. They're not bad. They're above-average football team. You know, they, they got some good wins. They beat NC State earlier in the year and beat them pretty good. But someone's got to finish last. And the thing is, is they just beat the second-best team in the East division in Kentucky. So I think that shows how... <laughs> off these divisions are right but georgia still might be the best overall team in the sec and the country even so that was really interesting georgia again just looking kind of unstoppable the way that defense plays i mean gosh like they've played good offenses and completely shut them down right like arkansas offense has looked great in games when they weren't playing georgia auburn offense is looking better but of course did nothing against georgia so it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, Georgia gets in that SEC championship game, and a lot of people think that's a lock. They'd be in the playoff regardless of what happens there. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't like that, but I'm not the one making the decision. So Georgia playing really well, and the way we're talking about them all year, that matters a lot with perception. So they're looking good. Now Cincinnati, right? This is the team I'm most interested to see what what the playoff committee does with them in these initial rankings that are going to be coming out tomorrow night because I mean AP still has them top three but they kind of struggled the last two weeks they have a big win though so it's going to be interesting where they have not dominated the last two weeks but unlike other group of five teams they have a win over a really good team. I mean, you could argue Cincinnati has probably one of the top five wins of the entire season. If you look at what the best wins are for any team, probably AM beating Alabama, Oregon beating Ohio State, Cincinnati winning at Notre Dame, that is Notre Dame's only loss. And Notre Dame could easily go finish 11-1. I mean, that's a really good win. So they have a big win. And does that mean they don't have to put on that crazy show that we try to get these group of five teams to put on maybe right because they actually have that win normally we tell the group of five schools you got to go dominate everybody to even have a shot but that's because they don't play anybody that we can judge them fairly against they play this weaker schedule Cincinnati did play a top 10 level division one team on the road and they got that win and they looked pretty good in that win it wasn't like a last second win It was a grind, and they looked like just flat out the better team. So how does that come in? I can see a scenario where the playoff committee has Cincinnati in the top four, but I can also see a scenario where they have Cincinnati outside the top eight. So it's really interesting to see. Now, the best thing about the season so far with these playoff rankings coming up is the fact that when you listen to people talk and I've listened to a few shows in the last few days, right, as I've been getting ready for mine and thinking about what's going to happen with these playoff rankings. I know that's what everyone's interested in. And for the first year in a while, I don't mind having this talk about the playoff rankings because normally we get to this point and the trend the last at least four or five, almost six years has been, you're basically down to five teams, maybe six that are alive. Right now, there's a lot of teams alive. And I think it's a unanimous Georgia's number one, but then you could make legit arguments for about six, maybe seven other teams to be ranked number two. It just depends on what arguments you're going to use. I test, resume. And what's nice is this year, all those things are conflicting. So the I test thing, which in a lot of people's world, the I test still has Alabama and Ohio State in that top four. But resume wise, you can't make a case at all for them to be top four. And then some of the teams, resume-wise, you're like, well, right? Like Oregon, resume has one of the best wins, but are they a top three, four team? Would, right? So it's it's very interesting, which I think is awesome. It's awesome that we're having those conversations. And I'm a believer that in these situations, you do have to default to resume and accomplishment and can't just go off of, well, this team is Alabama, and I just think they're better and benefit of the doubt. I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. That's not sports. Sports don't work that way. The games matter. The games decide where you should get ranked. So we look at the AP poll right now, and I've got you know some pretty serious problems with it because Alabama being number three really doesn't make any sense to me. The only argument you can make for Alabama being three is, well, it's Alabama and Nick Saban, and I just really trust them because of Alabama and Nick Saban and all the five-star recruits. There's nothing this year specifically, though, the way they've played that's like, well, they would... They're going to beat most teams. I mean, if you really break down Alabama, who have they beaten? And what's their most impressive win? It's got to be Ole Miss, and they did blow out Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a two-loss team now, okay? Ole Miss doesn't have any gigantic wins. They basically have lost to the two teams that would have been their biggest wins, right? Arkansas, that was a good win, I guess, but I mean— we, we don't know that. So a two-loss Ole Miss team at home is by far Alabama's best win. Tennessee's very mediocre, right? I mean, these are okay wins, but I'm talking if you're comparing to wins these other potential top five, top ten teams have, and they have a loss. And it was a good loss. It was on the road to an AM team that's looking a lot better, but they lost that game, and Alabama got beat in that game. Right? It wasn't a fluke. It wasn't like they played bad football or some weird thing happened in the last second. That was just a good football team. And on that night, A&M made a few more plays in Alabama and just outright won that game. Same could be said about Ohio State here where when they played Oregon, no fluky weird stuff. Just They just got outplayed and, the, and Oregon was by far the better team that afternoon without their best player, Kayvon Thibodeau, who did not play in that game, by the way. So, when you're going off of resumes and stuff, I don't understand how you can have Alabama above any of the unbeatens right now. And I'm not talking about Cincinnati, because look, I'm not a huge group of five guy, never have been. I'm a little more on board this year with this Cincinnati team because of that Notre Dame win. That makes sense to me. Right, but I'm actually I'm okay with group of undefeated group of five schools being ranked below one and even two loss power five schools. But in this case, where this Cincinnati team has shown me that when they play a good power five school on the road, they are capable of winning. Now I don't put as much pressure on them to dominate all their opponents in. Houston and SMU are good enough teams that if Cincinnati really takes care of business against them and maybe plays one of them again in the conference championship game, like, that will be enough for me, probably. They obviously wouldn't be over any undefeated Power 5 team, but certain one-loss teams, I could see them getting the nod over in in this scenario because they have had some big wins, or a big win, which hasn't been the case before. But again, if, and I'm jumping all over the place here, and I'm sorry. But if I if I get back to again, you know, go Alabama, go Ohio State. Well, I thought it was outrageous even in the weeks prior that Michigan and Michigan State, as undefeated Big Ten teams, this late in the season, were below teams like Ohio State and Alabama who have losses already. And now it's really egregious to me because now what is the argument? that Alabama should be above Michigan State. Michigan State is undefeated with a better win than Alabama. Fact. So the only argument you can make for Alabama is, well, I just think Alabama's better than Michigan State. It There's no argument based on accomplishments this year on the field that you can make. None. Absolutely none. And is that really how we want rankings to be done? Because then what's the point of playing The football games, right? Preseason rankings, I'm okay with that type of mentality. What other mentality can you really have in the preseason? But at this point, I don't even know if you can make an argument Alabama should be ahead of Michigan. Michigan lost on the road to a team that, as far as we know, is just as good as Texas A&M. Michigan State is better than A&M on paper. Because A&M lost two football games and didn't look good in those games. If Look at who AM has lost to. Arkansas and Mississippi State. Not good losses compared to some of these other losses. I mean, I mean they're totally respectable. They didn't lose to bad football teams. But if you're going to compare all the other losses to teams in the top 10, I mean, can you really make an argument that those losses are that much better than Oregon's Stanford loss or... You know, I mean, it's better than maybe Penn State's Illinois loss. I'll give you that. But come on, Michigan has a very good loss. So the idea that maybe you can put Ohio State above Michigan because they both have losses. But if I'm breaking down the two losses between Michigan and Ohio State right now, Michigan has a better loss. On the road to Michigan State is a better loss than at home to Oregon. Now, because Michigan State had I mean because Michigan, sorry, had a big lead and then lost it, I don't know if that makes the loss look better or worse. It's more embarrassing, right? If you want to talk about the Harbaugh thing, and I'll probably get into that later this week, this was a bad loss for Harbaugh because they did have a lead and they should have one and they didn't close out. So that that that's really troublesome. To me, this is actually the worst Harbaugh loss because of that factor. The other Harbaugh losses usually where Michigan wasn't good enough to win those games, period. You know, the, the Ohio State games over the years. And then, of course, yeah, that, that Michigan State game in 2015 with the pump, I mean, that's a fluke play. That's terrible. But this was a situation where you had this team beat and you let them come back and beat you. But it's still a better loss than Ohio State's loss, given the fact that Ohio State lost at home, I think. I would say this loss is right up there with Alabama's loss right, on the road to a pretty good team. Maybe this is a better loss than Alabama's loss because Michigan is, State is undefeated. A M and is a two-loss team right now. So, in my opinion, I just don't see how you can have Ohio State and Alabama ahead of Oklahoma, undefeated Big 12 team, and Michigan State. And I don't even know, like, I mean, to me, Alabama, Michigan, and Ohio State, are all right there and I feel like you have to have Oregon above Ohio State because of head-to-head so all those one-loss teams are right there to me like maybe Alabama's at the top of those one loss but in no way should Alabama be ahead of Michigan State right now I mean that's just crazy to me I ra- I mean them above Cincinnati to me makes way more sense than Michigan State after what just happened Saturday Michigan State's unbeaten and has a very good win a better win than Alabama has That's a fact right now. A better win than Ohio State has right now. What's Ohio State's best win right now is Penn State. Penn State's a three-loss team now that can't really score. So, and again, I love these conversations because it's like, who is the best team? I mean, yeah, Georgia's obviously number one. But, again, I haven't seen enough from Georgia's offense to show me that they would just dominate any of these other top five teams. I mean, I'm excited. This could be a really interesting season down the stretch, and hopefully we get a lot of good action, and I hope that every week from here on out, we are debating who should be in the top four, and like to me, that's what makes the four-team playoff interesting. I want a four-team playoff where four teams make it, but you could make a case for four or five more. That's the parody I want in the top five, top ten, right? It, it's boring. Let's be honest. It's boring when there's clearly two, three, four teams that are the best. And most of the years, it's like one, two, and three are obvious, and you have some debate with like four and five who gets in, but you know that team's just going to go get slaughtered by number one. I mean, this year, if we did a top four right now, I'll tell you my top four would be, mm, gosh, it's, it's hard, but it probably would be, I mean, Georgia won, obviously. Then I would have to have Oklahoma and Michigan State. Up there, 2-3 probably is undefeated. And then I would get really like, okay, Cincinnati. But I could make the case for Alabama, Ohio State, and Oregon as well. So, gosh, and then maybe Michigan. So, I don't know. Let's just say screw the one-loss teams in Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati probably loses to Georgia. But, I mean, gosh, in a bowl game with time to prepare – that you can start to dissect defenses, but also defenses can dissect you. I mean, I think Georgia wins, but that's interesting, right? And then Oklahoma and Michigan State, that'd be a fun game right now, neutral field. And then the winner, I mean, like that that's a really cool playoff to me. And who knows what we're going to end up getting. It could be any combination of those four and anyone else in the top five, right? Remember, Oklahoma State, Baylor, they're still alive in the Big 12 to crash this party. It can happen. Wake Forest and the ACC is still out there to crash this party. I'm super fascinated still with the Big Ten East. It's it's awesome. And I really am excited to see what the playoff committee does. And it's so hard to judge what they do. I mean, again, like I said, I don't like what the AP just did. Putting Alabama 3 makes no sense to me. And having Ohio State above Oregon and all that stuff. And it's weird because I think people have taken a 180 With rankings because the way we used to rank teams was just this no questions asked. If you have a zero in the loss column, you are above somebody with a one in the loss column. No matter what, if you have two losses, you would always be below a one loss team. I mean, that's kind of how the AP poll worked all those decades. Even kind of the BCS was typically like that. And I think that caused some problems because there were these one-off scenarios where we were like, hey, this one loss team because of their crazy schedule maybe should be above maybe that undefeated team or hey this two lost team is actually better than that one lost team and they you could make these case-by-case basis but that would never happen and i think people got so fed up with that but now we've done this complete 180 where now you almost see people getting too caught up in like well this team has one loss but i think they're better We, we see too much of that now right like if alabama is better than Michigan State and these other teams that I think should be ranked ahead of them, they'll they'll jump them if they went out and do their part. I think too many people have this ego with rankings where what they're actually doing is predicting and they're looking ahead and they're going like, "Look, I think by the end of the season, Michigan State drops a game or two, Bama wins out and does their thing, Ohio State wins out and does their thing, and it's going to end up being Ohio State and Bama in the top 4." So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put them in my top 4 right now today almost like I'm predicting the future because then it looks like I was right and I don't know why we have to rank teams that way. To me, it's a huge flaw. You can say, I have this team ranked here because that's where they deserve to be right now. But I actually think long term, Ohio State ends up in the playoff. Like, that's fine. But people are doing their egotistical predictions with their rankings. When you know damn well, if we had to pick the playoff today, you couldn't put Alabama in it over. Some of these over Michigan State, over Oklahoma, over maybe even Cincinnati, and you couldn't put Ohio State in over Oregon with the head to head like there's just certain rules in sports that kind of have to be followed, and we're seeing people get away from that and it's it's, it's kind of annoying, you know, so who knows what the playoff committee is going to do they 've never ever been consistent. With their rankings and sometimes they'll do the thing where like I said Cincinnati is going to start low or Alabama going to start low and they'll work their way back up or they might do the thing where Alabama is going to be number three right now but then the other but with that being said what the committee doesn't do is keep you there just from winning the best example of this is the initial year of the college football playoff in 2014 if you remember TCU was number three for like the last two weeks of the season and Florida State was like four and then five was outside of the top four but then conference championship week happened now the big 12 played games that day it just wasn't conference championship games Florida State beat a top 10 or top 12 Georgia Tech team Oregon beat an Arizona team Alabama wins the SEC championship TCU played I forget who it was but they beat some team in the Big in the Big 12, and they blew them out. It was like 55 to 20, something like that. And they were number three. And they went from number three all the way down to number five after the conference championship week because the committee just said, well, that's great, they did that, but now we have these conference championship games, and that bumped Ohio State up and Florida State up, and TCU's left out. So, You never know what the committee's going to do, and we've seen several different examples of that where you won but still got jumped because this other team did this and and whatnot. We don't know what they're going to do. There was a, I think it was 2017, where undefeated Wisconsin was like number four or five in the AP poll, and the playoff committee had them at number eight in the initial rankings, right? And they crept up higher than that and then ultimately they lost the Big Ten Championship game and had to go to the the Rose or the Orange Bowl instead. But we just don't know what they and that's what annoys me about the playoff committee is they just kind of change rules. So for this team, they'll talk about resume. For this other team, they'll talk about eye test and there's no consistency. They'll just make up stats, right? Like no one had ever heard of the stat game control until 2014 with Florida State, and that was somehow a justification to keep them ranked below two one loss teams because their game control wasn't as i mean it was just kind of ridiculous so i don't really trust the committee that much i think at the end of the day they kind of just do what they want and because there is no set criteria they just justify anything right like the justifications they use one year to keep ohio state out is the same just they'll then get ohio state in the next year with the different set of justifications that kind of contradict the year before. And it, it doesn't really make sense a lot of times. I think for the most part, they've gotten it right, but who knows, right? Like if they come out and they have Alabama in the top four, I will be very disappointed in them. At the same time, I know that if they have Alabama in the top three, they could also jump other teams ahead of them in the end of the season based on what they do, right? Like that's they cuz like I said they also do that a lot. Which I don't agree with. Like, right? Just put teams where they should be right now. Like I said, if Alabama, if Ohio State are going to be playoff teams, they'll earn that by beating these other teams. But we don't have to predict ahead. Anyway, getting to much into that right now keeping this episode fairly short today because with the playoff rankings coming out i'd rather react to them than spend this whole monday show right predicting them what i mostly wanted to talk about was just how i think the rankings should be done and make the cases for these different teams where they should be and then we'll see what actually happens tomorrow so probably on wednesday i'll do a a midweek show we'll react to the rankings we'll get in again about what's at stake for this upcoming week and also talk about the playoff rankings and react to them and then look at the rest of the season based on the current playoff rankings what the committee's basically saying is possible for certain teams. Because there are certain teams, like for example, if Cincinnati, Cincinnati already has the best win they're going to have, right? So you would think if you're Cincinnati, you need to be in the top four and hope you don't fall out of it. If you're not even in the top four this week, it's going to be really hard to play your way into it because you already have your best win. So if the committee put Cincinnati outside of the top four this week, they're basically saying, Cincinnati, you only get in if other teams really start losing. And we start getting to a lot of one, like no one defeated teams out there, a couple one lost teams and a lot of two lost teams. Where if Cincinnati is like top, for this week then now like i said the committee could still have other teams jump them at the end even if cincinnati wins out they could still have one loss champions jump them at the end we've seen that before so don't get your hopes up too much but at least they're saying you kind of have to fall out and it's a little more in your hands so Cincinnati is the best example of, like, these first rankings really matter for them. For most of the Power 5 teams, they'll play their way into contention based on what they do. But also, you know, like, Wake Forest is interesting because they are undefeated. If they're, like, top 10, like the AP poll has them, then I think they're in a good spot to, like, keep winning, play themselves in. If they're, like, number 15 or below, then I think the committee is basically saying, we don't really care what you're doing so far, and it's not like they have that many opportunities to get big wins. They really need to hope that a pit, someone goes to that conference championship game with them and is at least like a 10-2 and two team, respectable top 15 team, and that they can go beat them, right? And also it lets you know, are they going to give Clem- uh, Wake Forest a mulligan like maybe a Clemson would have gotten? Because one-loss ACC champs also usually go to the playoff. But usually those teams aren't Wake Forest, right? And unfortunately, brands kind of do matter. So, and of course, Wake Forest didn't have any sort of tough non-conference games, and ACC doesn't give you too many opportunities to get you know top ten, top fifteen wins or anything like that. So, it does matter for some teams where they're ranked. For Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma, it doesn't really matter where they're ranked. All those teams kind of control their own destiny. You know, so it's just going to be really interesting. But anyway, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts. So when the playoff ring has come out Tuesday, message me, guys. Email me, letstalkcollegefootball@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Message me on the Instagram, the College Football Classics account. Also, send me DMs on Twitter. That's at Michael underscore K87. You can even leave reviews on the Spotify and Apple podcast things. Put your questions in there. I'll check. Let me know what you think about the rankings, if you have a reaction to the playoff rankings because that's what we're going to be talking about on Wednesday, reacting to the rankings, what that means. And then I'm going to try to break down best I can what those teams have left to play for going forward and who's truly alive and who isn't alive based on those rankings and kind of what these teams have left. So thanks for listening, and I will see you guys Wednesday when we respond to the first college football playoff rankings.